Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Well, this sucks. get a trophy if you lose no i was gonna ask oh. what do they do these days at those tournaments i don't know man I know when my like... kids were growing up everybody got a trophy i was like doesn't seem quite right <laughs> yeah it's a lot different than it was when we were growing up it was like yeah back in the day it was like no you suck you got second place <laughs> yeah who remembers second place you're the first loser <laughs> yeah fucking right <laughs> that was that it was over now it's yeah you just get you get points for showing up yeah 10th place position yeah yeah well that's good then well that'll be exciting that's yeah awesome. he'll, he'll like it so uh the archery shoot been wanting to talk about this for a bit yeah, what's yeah. The, what's what's going on with that uh we were supposed to have a meeting tonight about it but got canceled last minute that was another reason why i was running out to the range they're gonna work on it but uh oh, yeah yeah it looks like i got my dates right i think i said july 10th and 11th so the 10th and 11th or the 9th and 10th whatever the saturday sunday is and uh yeah we'll get that rock and we got Always have three courses of 15 and uh, change it all up. So we got your beginner course, just kind of like your warm up course. Yeah. And then uh, we've got one that we set up in kind of our rifle range. And then over in the back, lots of hills and stuff like that. So we're mediocre. And then we have extreme when the guys, the course, usually there's one or two of us that lose or break a couple arrows or something and you know we know where the targets are we kind of semi know that some of the distances are and you still it's tough but it's real world branches in your way kneeling crouching yeah like, it's not that's the whole point of it is just this is real life what you're gonna face and yeah. uh then we'll hopefully do some uh no we don't gotta really deal with that covid crap as much um hopefully do some fun shoots and stuff like that we'll figure those out those will change maybe we'll have yeah. a moving target or something like that we'll see oh yeah yeah now, so, is this the first time this has gone on out there, or is this the th second one? This is actually the third one. We were in a, yeah, we were kind of getting rolling, and then COVID hit, and then we couldn't run it the one year, and then last year we just we threw it together really fast because they right. lifted the restrictions in summer. We were just like, can we get one going in a couple weeks here? Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah, we got it. I think the first year we had like 80 some people there, which was pretty good considering we're fighting all the established 3D shoots around here. And uh, the second one was, it was a rush job. So I think we had 40 or 50. So we were happy with that considering it was only a couple weeks notice really. It's just a matter of getting out. But uh, 
anybody who's come who hasn't been to it before, they say they'll never miss it again just because we have the terrain for it. Like we got some pretty cool shots and yeah, lots of fun and make sure all the kids walk away with prizes or some swag or everybody's walking away with something. And then usually we have some prizes and stuff for, you know, raffle or whatever for everybody. Good food. Yeah, it's on the 9th and 10th. I just, uh, Oh, okay. Uh, scrolling our th- back through our text messages there, trying to find the trying to find the dates. So there's camping there. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. We actually nice. just did a couple range work bees, so we cleaned up a lot of the you know the dying off trees and the ground. Every like it's crazy how much material and fuel I guess we got off the ground there. Yeah. The campgrounds look awesome now. I mean, they look great before, but once you take all the dead stuff out and all the dead branches out, and looks amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we got that, and then we got a great big we got a new building there. It's, great big giant covered pavilion and yeah you'll like it when you come out here it's set up pretty cool so you got places to escape in that and then we got you know radiums only five kilometers away we got lakes in the back country a couple kilometers away and invermere's like 18 kilometers away so we got the big lake there and yeah pretty much everything you need yeah there's uh there's a lot of those uh 3d shoots going on there's one in chilliwack oh, nice. there's uh one in cranbrook on the 24th 26th of june i'm gonna try to make it to that one are you? Yeah. As long as my bow is all set up and that'll also depend if I have my bear by then. Cause if I can't get one on my own, I do have another buddy who's going to take me out. Yeah. He's been slaying him. He's got last two years we've been trying to get out, but it turned to 40 degrees last year. So we, I lost my chance. He's going to try to get me out there. So I'd much rather try to get my first archery bear than go to a 3d shoot, even though the 3d shoot in Cranbrook is supposed to be pretty awesome. What, uh, what time of the year was that in June when it was 40 degrees? Oh shit. I think it was right from the get go. I think like early second week in June is when she started getting cooking. And I think the oh, last yeah. two weeks it was straight 40 degrees and it wasn't so much. Yeah. You couldn't find them, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to get that. I'm going to lose all the meat by the time I get home. So I was like, I just packed it up and I was like, whatever. So yeah, you can, uh, you can just, you pull that hide off right away. You could even debone them and just open them right up. Yeah. Get some air on them. Like get, once they get some, get some air moving on them, throw them in a cooler. Yeah. It's not a bad uh, idea. All depends how far far off the road you are when you shoot it well i'd say guaranteed we're going to be an hour bare minimum highway drive and that's not counting getting up into the back from there yeah so it could be could be a couple hours for sure well just how long till you get to the truck once you can get it to the truck in a cooler then you're you should be fine yeah because you could just like lay some ice down right put some cardboard over top of the ice like if you debone it say you shoot it yeah pull the hide off right away lay the hide out right let you know let that air out let that cool off right so it doesn't rot take take the bone right off the meat throw in some bags get back to your cooler or coolers and then just lay it in there right lay it on top of the cardboard though so it doesn't sit in the water it all yeah, sloppy i like that idea i think i've seen people do that with coolers for others like even for camping do the same kind of system yeah. except i think i've seen them use like almost uh almost like oven racks or whatever yeah for the same reason and yeah then- cardboard works i've used carvers like like when i was on when i went on that antelope hunt that's what i did because hmm. i was in september early september it was like september 4th and it was scorching hot it was hot as balls and uh and that's what we did we just did that and worked. It worked money. That's a good idea. Well, I'll yeah. have to keep that in the back pocket. Right now, yeah. I just like to get some heat. It's freaking cold. It's Evie and I went up uh, on the weekend. We didn't even gain much elevation and uh, still ran into snow and we weren't even close to the tops of the mountains. Halfway, three quarters of the way. And Yeah, the snow and, line's low. 
Oh man, really it's low. cold, low, and it's still snowing up top there too. It's just like, okay, enough's enough. It's me. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a text message from my buddy in Lillooet, JT Hansen. He said uh it's snowing out at his place in uh fountain. Is he going out hunting for anything right now? He's always hunting that guy, man. Yeah. So he said well, anything. I'm start I'm starting to hear from people like people obviously they are getting bears. Oh yeah. Yeah, guys are guys are knocking are, bears down. Yeah. A lot of them are saying though that they're not out in full force yet, like to where I mean the dandelions have hardly popped at all. I don't know if they're just all scattered everywhere, but they're definitely doesn't seem to be like they're too concentrated yet. Yeah. Uh I went out last night after work. Any sign? I just went scouting. I can't my I can't draw my oh. I can draw my bull back now, but it's uh I don't know. It needs probably another week. I'm gonna have to milk it for another week before I can go out. I mean, I could use a rifle, but that. and do that last minute just in case he like in June no. if you have to, or strictly no. bow. Just go bow. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Just don't screw up your shoulder for September when it really counts. But it counts right now, man. Bears, freaking, it's what it's at, man. Yeah. That'll be fine. It's it's already feeling better today. That's good. Uh, You're yeah. just getting old. That's all. Oh fuck, dude. Am I ever getting old? You're not far behind me, so. Yeah, but I'm still younger, so that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be always be younger until I'm dead. Might not be that long far away. I'll probably right behind you there. <laughs> yeah, but I seen two bears last night. Well, that's so good. I, I didn't see them till late though, like really late. Really, it was like eight thirty. I seen them. That's funny. I I don't know if there's. I seen two. Two work in the ridge line and they're heading okay. towards the field, just hammering on grass. And it's funny. I see them. I start walking, walking over to, I was just going out and screwing around, scouting around. I didn't have a gun. No, I had my bear spray I'm walking yeah. out to the field. And I just start hammering on the predator call. Oh, <laughs> they, really? both, they both look at me and I was like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't be hammering on this. Way. I was like, ah, fuck it. I keep doing it. <laughs> they start, they get up and they did, they weren't into it though. They're just That's chewing hilarious. on that. They're just chewing on grass. So they're just trying to get doing that change over that, uh, that we heard the guys talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I found lots of, found lots of, uh, bear shit. Oh, okay. Found this huge pile. I found some grizzly stuff when we were out the other night. It was old though, but oh, yeah. yeah, it was the size of a black bear. Yeah. I, I haven't seen, yeah, we don't see, in the area where I'm pissing around for bears. I don't see a lot of, uh, I don't see a lot of, uh, grizzly bears. Oh, but that I, must, that must be nice. Well, I mean, we if turn. you go anywhere else, like you can go into other areas and there's, you know, there's bears in there, but I just find when there's grizzlies around, there's just not as many, like they're just, it's harder to, it's not as many. Yeah. I always found like you get bigger, nicer bears if the grizzlies aren't fucking with them. That's a good size shit you just sent me there. Yeah, that's, that was one pile. So I, I sat, uh, when I seen that pile, I was looking around, I just looking around for turned trees and turned logs. I didn't really see much, much, he might've just been passing through. But I hammered. I did some cold calling. Yeah, not nothing. What kind of predator call? I got that one from Smith Game Calls that I've been using. Um, what does it represent? It's just uh, like a rabbit call. You know, oh, okay. just a generic, just a generic predator call. Nothing yeah. like. It's not. I got to get a. I want to get a fawn distress call. That's what I got to get. I got to show you. Uh, I'll send you a picture after this. It's downstairs. Uh, I got a couple that are good. Uh, supposed to be for mule deer, and I've actually started getting used to them. And damn, does it sound really good for a mule deer fawn in distress? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> but it's uh, cold too. This beer, it's like it's like right at the threshold of freezing. Very nice, almost like a slushy. Yeah, like the I took one out earlier and it was frozen, so I had to uh, put it in the sink. But this one, I waited a little bit. And now it's like it's money. Oh sweet! Yep. Yeah, I think that's all I'm gonna do this weekend. I got that book <laughs> I've been saving. Yeah. Um, from uh, what's that Texan's name again? Um, he was he wrote a book kind of backing on uh charles uh, Beatty, yeah or or uh yeah because uh or what's the other guy's name that 
Prince of been... Poachers, not yeah. not yeah, that's Charles Beatty. Yeah. Okay, so I don't have his book yet, but uh, oh, the other before guy the that stories was... were lost by. Yeah. Uh... So I've got that book set aside. It's in the trailer right now, and you know, kick my feet up this weekend and dive into that. Yeah. So looking into that, I do want to read that other book though, uh, the Prince of Poachers, and then whatever that second one is that he's got coming out. I don't know if he's released it yet or not. No, he, he hasn't released. Patrick Lane is the other guy. Patrick Lane, book. thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. the book that uh, that you're reading. I I haven't uh, gotten into it yet. I got to get into it because he's he's been wanting to come on the show. So uh, we'll have to get him on there. Yeah, I know that sounds good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I threw it out there the other night when we were packing some of the stuff up, and I was just like, that's right, everybody's going to leave me alone and have a few soda pops and <laughs> kick back by the fire and just enjoy yeah just you and the wife going uh yeah i don't think our kids coming with us um in-laws are coming sister-in-laws coming um but yeah kid wise i think just uh just my nephew and that's it oh, nice. so yeah it should be pretty relaxing for the most part and we'll see i'm not sure if we're gonna bring the fishing boat down there but it's um have you ever been to wasa that's where we're heading just before cranbrook no nice little area there it's just yeah it's close it's kind of one of those nice first camping trips so if you forget anything cranbrook's only like 40 minutes away or half an hour away something like that and it's like you can run in quickly or yeah. if the weather really sucks on may long you can take the kids to a movie or something like that right yeah so kind of one of those things where if you're just bored yeah. but leave yeah, the wife out there go get a hotel yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i know it'll be it'll be a nice relaxing weekend for both of us so no responsibilities oh, yep lots of wine lots of beer the way it should good, be good good is there a spot you can do any scouting out there yeah it probably is um have to drive a ways back to where i'd want to go not going to say the names of those places but uh there's a few places i've been interested in but i think i'd do some i think i'd do some e-scouting like i know some of the main roads that go in there but if yeah. i'm going to go in there i think i'd want to be like i kind of vaguely remember this area and then mm-hmm. you know kind of e-scout it and be like okay now let's just go take a look with our eyes and see what it looks like there's some big country back there there's a ton of hunters down that way too oh is it that's gay yeah but not gay the that there's time. hunters out it's just shits when yeah you bump into them it's good that guys are getting out it just sucks when they're yeah and i think there are there's there's more animals down there than there are here i'm not saying that there's a you know a shit ton down there but there's more down there than there are here but at the same time there's more hunters so it's kind of six in one hand half dozen in the other yeah i think i'd rather hunt a place that had less animals and way less hunters than more yeah. animals and more hunters yeah i agree that's kind of where i'm at and it's i don't know i think this summer we might do a little bit of camping down that way like just in some other spots yeah and purposely just i mean there's some gorgeous lakes and then go for a couple little bush cruises here and there and just kind of take the eye hunter and kind of make some dots here and there and go check out some areas while we're down there yeah so, nice yeah. do some markers different color markers yeah not yeah. all one color like no told us to like that that well, like i was telling you in uh in eye hunter too um like you can put your different animals in there you can put everything oh, yeah. in there now they're all the same color but they have significant uh different icons that you can tell the difference and you can take photos too to, to match them so if you can't quite remember what why you put it there you can right. pull up a photo that's tied to that icon and then you're like oh okay i remember why i did this but, yeah i gotta get into eye hunter more i uh oh, it's phenomenal yeah especially once bad. you get hit, like by that uh do you have the public land subs- uh, subscription? I have whatever uh, whatever I got set up with. I don't know. Okay. Generally, your basic one, your basic one's pretty awesome too. But uh, your private land one is like 10 bucks a year. Oh, yeah. But it's crazy how accurate. Like you're talking up to accuracy within like three meters of people's property. Right. 
So there's lots of places around here, like all up and down our valley. There's private property everywhere, but it's also mixed right. with crown kind of in between or backing on. So it's nice when you can find those roads where you can get in between the properties, kind of say like a main road kind of deal that you never knew was there. Yeah. You can get to that crown land in behind them. And but it's it's pretty neat how how accurate it is. Yeah. Um yeah. I have whatever I'm trying to open it up. I like I use it once in a while, but I definitely don't use it enough. Oh, I love it. I live the, and die by that thing. The problem I find is I don't open it up. Like I don't like leaving it running. And then like if I open it up and there's no cell service, it's it just takes forever. Like I guess I got it. What do you got to do? You got to cache all those. Uh, uh, to a point, I think a lot of times you just have to zoom in on them, not so much cache them. Oh yeah, if you zoom but, in, uh, on them, it's good. I think so. If I remember right, it's been a while since I've had to do that. But the nice thing I do like about this is if you know, you know, like you vaguely know area you've been there i took you there once and then you come back a year or two and you're like well i know it's in this area you can go on to your eye hunter even in no service even if you haven't cached and you can only zoom in to a certain extent but you can still see roads and everything and it'll track you yeah which is okay. awesome and it will actually follow you along the road so you can be like i know that's that little pond i recognize that pond i just can't remember which one of these little right. skid trails goes to it and you can literally pop it open and as you're driving you're like oh okay it's this one here and then you can turn down that road which i really like it for okay yeah like see what um like i use the back roads maps and it, it has the same thing and then, oh, like okay. I have, a, I have a little in my little hunting buggy there. I got, uh, what are those little nav, those, you know, those little navigation things. Yeah. Garmin's. Yeah. Nuvies. And you can put an SD card in there. And oh, I just okay. got the back roads maps SD card. I slam that in there and then it just shows all the roads. Awesome. So I can get to where I want to go and then I can just, it'll, you know, but here, it's good. If you can see that there, no, our viewers can't, the little our, icons our, are different. Our, our listeners, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I see those. Yeah, so different icons, different colors for. So then you click on that and a picture types. comes up when you click on that? Only if I take a picture. You have the option. Yeah. You don't have to. Sometimes I'll just put like a set of binoculars because it's a good glassing area for looking over an open field. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I find, let's say, uh, a string of rubs, you know, I'll put a little rub icon on there or whatever. They have that. But yeah. if there's like a significant one where it's like, holy shit, maybe if you found that patch or it's been rubbed for the last 50 years, there's just alders. Every, every single tree's got something on it. It's like... I might take a picture of that just to remind me, like, come back and visit this, whether it's deer, elk, whatever, it doesn't really yeah. matter, but it's like, you need to come check this one out again. It's not just a, I found a rub, right. come back to it next weekend. It's like, no, next year, next spring, next in the winter, whatever, like check it out again. Yeah, I get it. So I don't take a lot of photos unless I'm showing, you know, like we're hunting together and we both know the area, but uh, you got to work this weekend, but I'm going to go out and check it out. Right. And uh, it's like, and then vice versa, you know, I can't go out next weekend, but you're going to head out. Well, I'll send you, I can actually send you those like bang on, like send you oh, those yeah. and it'll take you right to it. And then you can send the picture and be like, this is what I'm talking about. So watch out for this in this area. Yeah. So it's pretty handy that way. Oh yeah. So and yeah, then, it'd be nice if like, cause I, I have, I hunter and I got backwards maps and Google and I use Google. Yeah. I think the most on my phone. And like, I started using Google a lot more since I started messing around with Mark's course. Yeah, same here. I started using Google on the computer a lot more because there's so much more you can do with Google on the computer that you can't do with on your phone and blow your mind. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah, I started using um, some of it because I've got different layers in that iHunter. Yeah. And then I also have, and this is all from Mark's course too, why I started doing this. Uh, same as you. And then I have another one called Fat Map. Yeah. Can you, I don't know. 
Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. So I use that one because it's got a few other layers, like uh sent you some pictures the other day of what facing it's color coded for like south, north, south, east, west facing slopes, all that kind of stuff. So you could pull up the same area. Holy shit. Three nothing sweet. <laughs> I forgot that was on. I'll be watching that after this. <laughs> yeah. It started. Did you see what, what happened in that uh what happened in that Ranger game? Who won uh, that? Last Carolina scored. Carolina what? scored with oh Hurricanes won. Nice. Oh, did they? Did it go to overtime? I was just yeah. watching it before I hopped on here. Nice, yeah. Yeah, they scored with like two and a half minutes left in the third. And then okay. uh Ian Cole scored in the in overtime, three three twelve in overtime. Nice. You don't like the Rangers, do you? No, I don't. And uh Calgary's up three three one now. Who are you cheering for in that one? Calgary, man. But I don't My- know. McDavid's fucking good. <sighs> I'm at that point where I don't care. My team's out, <laughs> which I, which I called ahead of time. Cause I'm a Toronto fan. So, you know, I'm not a bandwagoner. <laughs> I'm a lifer. <laughs> oh, but I can't believe they I lost think, that fucking series, man. I was, I, I don't either. even like, like, I'm not even a Toronto fan and I was ready to throw some on the TV. Like how oh, could yeah. a team that good shit to bed like that? I don't have a clue. I don't know. And it's not like their, their top guys weren't scoring. They were just weren't scoring enough. Where I they think just last don't year, have, they don't have like, like Matthews is good and, you know, Marner, they're good, but they don't have like, did you see that Edmonton game when they needed, when someone needed to step it up? It was like, David just, he was like, he's in a different league. Yeah. Well, even I think when we were chatting about it too, watching, uh, there was the Edmonton game that was game seven and Calgary and they both came out like they had everything to lose. Like it was balls out last minute of the game, the entire game. It was intense. Yeah, Toronto's Toronto's game seven wasn't like that. They're just like it was a you know fast game or whatever. But I was just like, so do these guys realize like it wasn't until like 10, after 12 this? minutes of into that last period, yeah. the third period. Then they started turning it on. It's like, hey man, like the fuck weren't you do this since the puck drop? Like you would have won the game if it was like yeah. that. Like I don't. Get oh it. yeah, because yeah, that yeah. goalie's good, but he's only going to be so good. Like eventually, you just got to keep pounding on him, and yeah, it's got to go in. I don't just know. Run him sacrifice one of your fourth line guys avalanche are going to be tough to beat if edmonton and avalanche they play each other that's going to be a good series between mcdavid and mckinnon yeah um but who won the florida game the other night i called florida to win the cup this year did you yeah they didn't win they didn't win tampa bay won i hate tampa bay i hate tampa bay florida is still gonna win tampa rangers and the capitals for some reason i just don't like those three teams Mm. you know i like the canucks but for a different reason i like i like i like farm team i like farm team for the rest of the nhl because they get these great players develop them and they give them away for nothing (laughs) the best farm team I like the flame. I mean, I like the Canucks if they're playing against like an American team in the playoffs or something. But I like, I will never cheer. I, the only time I ever cheer for the Canucks is when they're playing in the playoffs against them. Uh, a Yanks, some of some from America. So yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, when it comes want, down I to want, the very end, I'll yeah, cheer like, a Canadian team. I don't care who it is versus an American team. Yeah, just because it's been 1993. Well, actually, Calgary won it against light, the Lightning. There, that puck was in. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says. But anyway. Who knows, man? Who, so you're calling... Uh, calling Florida. Florida? I just think they got a solid front to back. I don't even care about how much they scored this year. I know they led the NHL in scoring, like points or goals per game, but they got good goaltending, good defense, good forwards. And Who are they going to play against? I'm calling Calgary. Yeah? Yeah, I'm calling Calgary because I just think they're built deeper than Edmonton. Edmonton's got some phenomenal players, but... What about they're going to have to play Colorado next round? I hate Colorado. <laughs> they're still good, like it or not. Doesn't mean I, I don't know, man. For no, <laughs> at all. That I'm kind of worried yeah, about Tampa but, Bay. Yeah, like I thought the only team that was going to be able to beat or our Tampa Bay was the Maple Leafs. I was sure that the Leafs were going to beat them in six, but then they just shit the bed. Not me. 
I know my team better than that. I'm calling, uh, I'd love a Canadian team to be in there, but I'm going to call Avalanche Tampa Bay Lightning. All right. Well, I think no matter what the teams that are left, I think it's going to be awesome, awesome hockey. Yeah. The winner on the in the West here, the next series is going to be insane. It's going to be Calgary or Edmonton versus Colorado. It's going to be a fast game. Yeah, man. That's going to be, that's going to be the best series of the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Who, whoever goes, whoever wins. Cause I think, I think, uh, Colorado is going to, they're going to win that series hands down like easy. Yeah, I was yeah, maybe I don't know. Was it four or five? What did the last series they were in go to? I think it was four straight. Was it four straight? Yeah, yeah they're good, man. Yeah, there's something else. Yeah, they keep I forgetting about him. Even like guys like Kadri and stuff like that. Like they got the depth. They got yeah. those guys have experience. And especially at Codger being on Toronto, I mean, he's got good experience losing and everything. So you know, he's a good. He knows what it's like. So he's there to you know they're going all in to win everything. It'll be good. That's gonna be a good series. Yeah. Anyway, what the heck were what the hell were we talking about? Uh, what was it? Fat, we were on apps and stuff like that. Fat maps. Yeah, we we're talking yeah, about. Maps. I was saying it's it would be nice if there was an app that like just one app did all. Like if you could have like the 3D oh, Google yeah. map that Google had. You could have the backroads maps. You could have the public land access like iHunter. Yeah. You could have it all like combined into one. It would just be money. I don't know. I don't know how to turn. I could barely turn a computer on. So there's no way I'm coming up with this. So it's going to be have to be somebody else doing it. And it's funny too, because there's so many apps. Like I think iHunter is like, it's solid all the way through. Yeah. But a couple of things that I think are missing are like, uh, the color designations for what slope facing and all that kind of stuff. It just makes it that much easier if it's, you know, if it's all blue or something, you're like, oh, okay, that's north facing or whatever they want to make yeah. it. And then I think my favorite feature in fat map, that's one feature that's in that fat map. But the other one is there's a flats layer. Oh, yeah. So you can actually find, and they're the one that I sent you that's all got the little green flats. I think I sent you that one. Those are all the little benches that are hidden yeah. um, on the hillside. So, you know, you're looking up at an area and be like, oh, yeah, I want to go check this out. Even though you can't tell there's a flat there, yeah. it'll show you that there is some sort of flatness. And those are great bedding areas. And those, you know, I'm sure all those animals like a nice somewhat level area to kind of chill out in every once in a while instead of being on that steep shit day in and day out yeah i'm just logging into like have you messed around with that gaia yeah no i opened it up once i've just been so busy that i'm i'm slowly starting to go through yeah, that like, stuff but i haven't the, gotten into gaia the, yet yeah the gaia you can have like it has a layer for backroads maps it's got you know it's pretty good i'm looking at it right now it's got good topo lines and stuff but i mean it's about the same as the everybody else it's just like google earth has that 3d and it just like to me it's it crazy. just it it's next level it's crazy how defined some of those newer pictures are yeah like how and how far in you can zoom and it's still crystal yeah, clear yeah that's why i find i keep going back to uh to google yeah it, it and like to be honest i just love paper maps so like if i'm going anywhere new i'm always looking at a paper map and i'm usually usually i have a map for that area Area. either i've gotten one printed at a local print shop yeah or i buy one i just like i just like those backroads maps just the map books i take those all the time and i like if i'm going trying to find a new area yeah i use those backroads maps books yeah. and i kind of like just i'll look for an area where i think i want to try and then i'll look for road access and i'll like plan it out where the road ends and then i'll search google earth yeah just because yeah, i don't want like to get away too. from the roads yeah yeah or yeah, or even stopping before you get to that dead end where everybody else stops be like oh okay you know you're a kilometer or two from the end of the road a lot of times i'll that's where i'll try to find a pull off or something just head up from there instead of always being at the dead ends don't get yeah. me wrong 
I've still done my, you know, definitely done my hiking from those dead ends and stuff and worked my way in from there. But, oh man, you know, it's, there's nothing worse than when you're hiking, you part, pull over and you stop and then you hike and hike and hike and hike uphill. And then you come to another fucking road. You're like, are you shit? Yeah. That's one thing that backroads maps money for. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know what else it. is really good? What I like doing with the iHunter app is I, I'll like, like in an area where I hunt a lot, I'll use the, the iHunter app and I'll find the property lines and like, I'll plan for like, if I'm going for a day hunt, that will be my route. And I'll walk the property line, public property line to the private property line. And I just yep. walk those because there's so many times, like you can look in those fields and you can see like, depending on what you're looking for, deer, elk, a lot of the times you can see them in that field and you can just have a good, just look at trails and stuff where they're coming yep. in and out of the fields from. Yeah. Yeah. Or you see deer because a lot of times you see the deer, especially in the morning at night, you see the deer in those fields. So like if I go in the morning, I'm looking in the fields. Yeah. Because then they go, they're in the fields, probably in the fields all night and they're in there in the morning and the night. And then they probably, then they walk into the timber. Now all the, not all the time, the timber is not always on um, public land. A lot of the time it's timbered enough on the private, but I like just walking those lines. Yeah. Well, it's like I was saying before, like if you can find places like that and you know, they're coming off that private property, especially midday, like even for elk, if I can find a place like that. I won't go back to camp. I'll stay out. I'll be more planning on catching them midday where they don't want to leave. That's where they want to stay. And you got a lot longer, you know, to kind of make a play on them or hopefully if the conditions allow anyway, instead of like trying to catch them in that transition. But I don't know. I got to get my ass in the gear and have usually got plan A, B, C, D, but I need to start coming up with some, some more on top of that, just for weather conditions and stuff. Be like, oh, this isn't going to work here today. You know, especially if you're squeezing in between private properties and, yeah. you know, and it's you, just like, you got it. That's one thing I like about bear hunting is like bear hunting I'll be setting if I'm out bear hunting I'll have a couple game cameras in my pack and I usually if I want to try out a new area I'll throw a camera in that area and I'm still hunting for bears yeah just to look for mule deer. Biggest thing is looking for mule deer. Like to me, mule deer need the most scouting of any other animal. Oh yeah. Like when I had any luck shooting bigger mule deer is when I was scouting in like June july and august but life was a lot easier back then you know five six you know not even five years ago three years ago two years ago even it was a lot easier than it is now to get out and just take off and do some scouting now it's getting harder okay even i noticed like my hunting days like my hunting days have they're gonna get cut way down just with the amount of extra shit we got going on like oh yeah with the kids stuff that's where my hunting i'm gonna have to yeah i gotta really buckle down and just be better because before it's like, uh, it's just time spent. Eventually shit's going to go well. If you have, if you spend enough time in the bush, something's going to happen. Yeah. Just yeah. You gotta, you, you gotta maximize what little time you got. Yeah. So now I got to just, yeah. No, I hear you there. So if you're looking for muleys, cause this is something I'm getting into now that I was telling you before, they're starting to make a comeback here. Yeah. Like I just kind of wrote them off a few years ago. Cause shit, I went three or four years without seeing a single four point. Saw the odd, nice three point, but that doesn't do you any good because it's four point only. And so if I was to start now that I'm starting to see them, I'm definitely getting interested in them. I'm not looking for that big, you know, monster monster, but I'm looking for mature. I want, you know, that it's, it's a lot of work, but what am I looking for? If I'm, if I'm going to go into a new area, especially midsummer, other than water, what kind of stuff am I looking for? So I can Cause I've usually got cameras too. I like, yeah. I like doing that. Too. So in like your area, it's pretty good. So like they, you're going to want steeper terrain, right? Something not, it's got to have water access somewhere in the summer, right? Yeah. They're going to be at higher, higher elevations. The funny thing about mule deer is like, you can go into an area and say you find some mule deer in this area. And the thing about mule deer too, is this, okay. Like, you know how whitetails, when you find a patch of area where whitetails are, there's going to be a lot of whitetails in that area. Yeah. And then you'll drive then you'll drive or walk or, you know, head a kilometer down the road and there'll be no whitetail. And then you can go a little bit further 
And then it's something else. And you can tell right away when you see it. And then you can just sit and wait and I guarantee you're going to see whitetails because there's just something about that area. You know, the tree, the ground, the topography, everything in it yeah. that whitetails just love. And they're going to be in that area. And there's lots of whitetails in there. With mule deer, you can have a big area and you maybe you only have a couple mule deer in it. And then the funny thing about mule deer I found too is like you can see... You can find an area where you see lots of mule deer, right? You come across a spot, it's got lots of mule deer. It's got everything they like. They got a little bit of steep elevation. They got water. They got shade. They got the, you know, the food they need. And you could find the exact same spot one hill over and there'll be no mule deer there for some yeah. weird reason. And I have no idea why they're not there. If they're an exact, something has the, all the exact ingredients that this other hill had, for some reason, they just, there's something over there they don't like. I don't know if it's, you know, it could be wolves, predators, cougars, who knows? I have no idea. But for some reason, I found that they're just not in it. Sometimes they're just, if an area looks really good and if you think there's gonna be a lot of mule deer, it's not necessarily true. You got to just, that's why, that's why game cameras are nice. I find like game cameras are a yeah. game changer. If it wasn't for like, you'd think of like Robbie Denon and those guys and like Kurt Darner, they didn't have trail cameras. I mean, granted, they, there's a hell of a lot more mule deer where they're hunting them where we are, but yeah, they did it all just, um, just scouting. Yeah. But I found it, if you're going to, you have to put really put your time in for like a big mule deer. If you want a bigger class mule deer, you're going to have to get up high and just put the trail cameras out and just do lots of glass and get really high and just glass down and just wait for them to move. And the thing is about a mule deer is like, they like those steep hills. And I found if it, they like the sandy stuff too. They'll lay oh, down yeah. in that stand. They'll lay down in that sand and they'll lay down behind a tree and they'll lay down there for hours and won't move. And then all of a sudden they'll get up. And sometimes they'll even just turn around and sit back down or they'll go over to another tree and sit down mm. there and they just sit in the shade. That's crazy. So, yeah. You got to really be patient and it's just, it's a lot of work. But I know there's a couple of places that I know there's, I usually, I call them, they're my whitetail places, but I know there's some mule deer that cruise through the area different times. Of the year, like, let's say during the rut, when they're coming through, I know they're going to come through this area. There is no pattern to them whatsoever, but nope. it is funny. Cause I can take a 300 yard square area and I can be like the whitetails will be on this side. The mule deers will be on that side. And yeah, I can with, damn near with, draw a line in the sand and they will not come over it. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. You might get some passing through, but it's funny. Like I said, you can find, once you figure out where whitetails are, what kind of area they, you know, what, what's good for them, the habitat they need. They just still, there could be 50 or more whitetails in that area. Yeah. And they just, they're crazy. They just, they don't, I mean, obviously they leave, but, and then, you know, you can find the exact same thing 10 miles down the road or wherever the exact same ingredients. And that you can guarantee there will be whitetails in there. I guarantee it, but that's not the same with mule deer. You can find two exact same, exact same pieces of chunks of land, the exact same ingredients. One might hold a couple of mule deer. One might not. They're just weird critters, man. Yeah. Yeah. So like what I found, what I found is, is the public land you're going to want to get higher elevation in like July and August. You're going to want to be high and try to find them that way. Cause they're going to stay up high until like round the late October area. They'll stay white up high. If, it, if they get a good heavy snow, like if it, if it snows really heavy in like middle of October and so, and it, it's happened, it'll push those mule deer down. But then if you get a, a thaw and it warms right back up, those mule deer will go right back up top until they're up. And then once they start getting some ascent then they'll start going down but that's usually not like they usually don't start tracking i find anyway till like beginning of november yeah i usually don't even start bother bothering hunting them like if i bump them or whatever that's fine that's what happened with my mule there last year. I was going in after elk and I bumped right into him 15 yards. It's like, well, I guess I'm shooting a mule deer today. I want an elk, but I'm not going to turn down this guy. Yeah. And uh, I found too, I found, I don't know, like 
just before the just before the rut is really good, you're gonna catch them moving around more. Yeah. Once they find some, once they find some does, generally I, we don't. I don't see them nearly as much because they're just pushing the does around. But when no, they're I looking for them, you see them moving around. And in er, like if you're going up high, like if you're gonna hunt in September, you're either gonna want find like work. If you're gonna work down low, you're you can find some good bucks down there. But they're going to be like private land bucks. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not going to come off the private land. That's why I was saying I like to work those private public land edges. Yeah. And I'll just work those. But the, I've seen big bucks year round. Like there's big resident, like especially down in southern BC, where you have those big giant fields. Yeah. There's big, big mule deer in there. Yeah. They've got everything they need in a small yeah. area. They don't need yeah. to move. And they got the security because sometimes being now, on private land... Yeah. They, and you know, they don't have as many predators to worry about. Yeah. And if you're, if you find one, like, and that comes back to scouting, if you're up there scouting in June and say July and you see a big buck, go down, knock on that Nate, that guy's door and say, Hey, you know, I was hoping maybe if I could hunt the edge, edge, the, you know, the, your fence line, uh, for deer, um, this fall, this winter and just say, Hey man, you know, like I'll fix your fence when you need, if you need me to do any work, I'll help you out. Do yeah. that during the summer. Don't do it in September. Oh. Go there and go there in July, find them. And then when you find them, go ask that guy. Cause those deer, if they're like, once deer get used to like, especially mule once they get used to like a private land block, yeah. they're, they're going to be, they're, they're pretty much residents. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is when I'm looking for new properties to hunt, if it, like you say, like, especially if it's private that bumps onto crown land, yeah. I almost never, ever ever approach people during the hunting season. If I haven't done it by then, it's on my list for the next year. I'd rather come across more genuine, like what you're saying, midsummer. I'm in my civvies. I'm not in camo. I'm not like, oh yeah, can I hunt? Okay. I'm, I'm going to head out there right now and just go on there and just, yeah introduce yourself, kind of build that relationship well away from hunting season. And I found you have a better chance of uh, getting permission or even maybe not necessarily with them, but maybe with their neighbors or something like that. Maybe they've got a family member that just doesn't want yeah. hunting, but they're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah I, I just met this Kevin guy here. And yeah, she seems like a pretty solid dude. Uh, if he stops by your place, I sent him over. Yeah. Um, maybe hear him out because yeah, he's here three months before the hunting season even starts. And Yeah. You know. And the, the thing is though, if you go down and you ask and they say no, you're in the same spot you were at the beginning. Yeah, you've you're got nothing the, to lose. No, you got nothing to lose, but just don't, I like if you're going to do it, don't do it in September. Yeah. Do it and then offer a hand too. say, Hey man, like, do you mind if this, this September, you mind if I hunt the back, you know, your property line where, where it goes on to crown land and just, yeah. you know, start with there and say, you know what, uh, if you need any help around the farm, I can help you. Or if, if you know, I can fix your fence that if I'm walking your fence line, I see something broken or down, or down, I can fix it for you or flag it or just let you know. And you know, the worst they're going to say is no. And then like, that's just your foot in your door. Right. And then, yeah. you know, you start there and maybe they say, okay, yeah, you can hunt the very back property, but I don't want to, I don't want to see, you. I don't want you down here. And then you do that for one fall and then they like him be like, you know, you might bump him to him and he'll be like, Hey, I just seen a couple big deer down here. Next time, why don't you come down here and a little closer and hunting, you know? And if you're yeah. hunting, if you're just archery hunting too, people are a lot easier around arrows flying than bullets yeah and that's Understand. totally under that's one of the things that even one of the small private I, there's one private property i do hunt and periodically it's only certain times of the year i go in there there's other times i just find it's kind of it's small and it's surrounded by other private property so it's kind of like well a few days here you know, let's say november it's be a yeah. couple of days in november be like well they usually kind of maybe the mule deer cruise through here off and on so i'll hit it then uh maybe a certain week in september i know the elk kind of cruise through there but then they disappear um so what I've done is actually a couple of years ago, we got an elk and uh, 
approached the property owner who I'd built a relationship with over a couple of years and he had no idea and uh, just want to double check, you know, that he eats wild game and stuff like that. And we brought him a giant gift basket of, you know, steaks, roast, pepperoni steaks, bunch of stuff that we got out of that just to keep that relationship going. I mean, what's a basket of, of meat when you got, you know, 300 pounds between the two of you or whatever. And yeah, you know, give them something, grease the wheels a little bit. They appreciate it. You know, yep. it's not like it's all take, take, take. It's like, no, here you go. Yeah. And now I'm at the point, there's a lot of times I'll go out there and um, they're, they're out here often, but they don't live out here. And I keep an eye on their place. I'll stop by, you know, check the cabin or whatever and make sure there's no broken windows and there's uh there's a grizzly kill up in there this last year the year before i can't remember so i gave the guy a call just give him a heads up because i know a lot of times he comes on the long weekends and stuff and goes hiking with his dogs and all that kind of stuff and i'm just like might want to stay away from this side of your property with your dogs um there's a grizzly up there it's got a kill and uh yeah he really appreciated it because he was oh, actually yeah, bringing his grandkids and everything out there and be like oh you're good on the rest just stay away from that area yeah so, cool yeah that's the way to do it yeah yeah i have access to like we have a friend that he said we you know if we ask him you gotta ask him every time and i mean probably don't have to but we do if we can go hunt up there i haven't hunted up there very much a couple of times never shot anything up there but he's got lots of elk and deer and oh, yeah. bear up there um but he also has cows so cool. um i just don't we just don't bother we just go. I mean, same thing. Like, uh, I I'll utilize his fence and I'll walk his fence in private public and I'll hunt the public land side. Yeah. The other side of his fence. And then I'll go, I'll go along. And if I see any of his fence broken, I'll fix it for him. He's, he's an old guy anyway. So he'd probably, he'd probably just leave it even if he knew it was broken, but I fix it for him. And, um, but he's got nice elk on his, on his property, but he hasn't had a six pointer up there for a while. So really when a six pointer, he, dude, there was a seven by seven up there. Wow. That's a nice, that's a nice bull. Yeah. And I had him on my trail camera picks. This was a long time ago. I had him on my trail camera picks. He's seen them. The homeowner's seen them. I had him on trail camera. And then like around mid August was a lot like August 9th or 10th or something like that was the last picture I had of him on my trail camera. And he was hitting the trail camera. Like there was right by a watering hole. I was, he was hitting it every day or two. And then all of a sudden he was gone. Really? So something scared him off or he just left. But there's a lot of cougars and stuff on that guy's property. Yeah. So I don't know. And there's wolves up there too. So either he got ran off, hopefully, you know, maybe he got killed by something or he just took off. You just hope that guy did a lot of breeding and spread those genetics. Yeah. He was huge. I wish That's I still awesome. had, I, on one of my old phones, I got to have the picture, trail camera pictures of, of him, but like huge. Awesome. That's but, cool. Yeah. And I haven't, there hasn't been, I think there was a small six point up there a while ago, but um, a couple of years ago, but again, same thing, never seen them. So that, that borders the, the States. So I think they come up and go up and kind of cross and back and forth cross over the border. Okay. So I mean, are they having any issues there? Like what we talked about before with seeing more, you know, like giant mature five points versus six points, or is it just kind of just shithouse luck right now? Just shithouse like, luck. Like there's four points last year. Last year I seen a four point, a three point, like a lot of young, yeah. young bulls, but no big ones. But does it like there's a lot of cows with them with that herd? So yeah. Um obviously the big ones are gonna get drawn in yeah. somewhere. I saw but... lots of four points coming out of winter this year, just in the sloughs, like everything, yeah. well, not everything, but a lot of the a lot of the big mature bulls, they stay up, like they sit separate and they go to their bachelor herds. But there's a lot of the younger bulls, even nice five points and stuff, but they'll come down to the sloughs and basically winter in the sloughs um just to get through the you know the harsh times where it's less snow but i got lots of 
three point or sorry, four points, whole bunch of five points. So I'm crossing my fingers that these have been those young ones that have been coming up the last year or two that I've been watching grow. Not that they're the exact same ones, but you know what I mean? Like in a nutshell and hopefully they'll, you know, they'll start turning into sixes and they make it another year. Then hopefully some good mature sixes, not just, you know, like baby bump sixes where they're just an inch on their six point or something like that. Yeah, I get it. And sometimes those five by those five pointers, sometimes they stay five for, oh, for a while or ever like i've seen we've got ginormous ones giant five points yeah same with like three points i see some giant three-point mealies i want to get a a velvet buck mealy that'd be cool yeah that's like my goal ultimate goal is to get a velvet but like and i'm not even worried about like what size like a big you know like a big three by four yeah would be cool like i don't want you know like i don't yeah i don't want stickers hanging out i just want like a nice looking four by three or four by four velvet mule deer that'd be nice it's hard because it's funny like you can see them till like you know on the 29th they got velvet and then like september 1st or 2nd you see them and they're it's already stripped off and you're oh, like man. you cock and then it's then you're like well if i'm just gonna shoot it's not gonna have velvet i'm gonna want to i'm gonna go for, try to get a bigger one yeah but if it had velvet I, that's what i'd like to get i have been i i've been playing hide and seek with a white tail that's my dream white tail for out here like as far as size goes yeah and he is mature. He's either a seven by six or he's a six by six. He has got width. He has got time length and his body is fucking huge. So probably like a 170 class deer. He's big. He's yes. Is it as big as that deadhead I found? It's hard to tell. I think I've got, I'll have to see if I can get some, I've, I've got him on trail camera and in one of my places that I hunt, I've caught him in there a couple times all through the summer. Like, well, when I mean all through the summer, but good chunk of august for sure and come september he's in there this is two years running till maybe halfway through our tree season so we're looking at maybe the sixth something like that of september yeah and then he disappears and talking to a bunch of whitetail hunters that from different provinces and kind of led me on to that summer range winter range i think he just moves into his winter range right around then so okay hold on say this to me again okay so i've got this one one place yeah and this is when you went Okay, but yeah, what t- what time of the year you find them in? So I'm I've got this this buck on camera. Yeah, part of July, July, all through August. Yeah, and halfway through archery season in September. So I'd say around the sixth, so fifth okay. or sixth of September. First, yeah, and first full week of September, he's gone, and then he and disappears. This is ha- has this happened on multiple years or just one? This is two or three years in a row, and he does the same thing. Yeah. So I think from talking to other people, he's transitioning over to his winter range, which probably isn't far away, but it's probably tucked into private property because I haven't found him on any other trail cameras in the area. So I think he disappears into private property where I can't get him, where I don't have permission, but he's showing up three years in a row because I keep thinking, oh shit, he's crossed that highway somewhere or, you know, he's migrated down to the sloughs or something and gotten hit because he just disappears. And then it's like the next year, it's like, holy shit, there he is again. It's got to be right. him. I haven't seen another deer that big in forever. And he's giant, dude. Oh. Like just, and it's not that I care about the wall hanger. He's that smart buck that keeps outsmarting me. And I'm talking last year, I, it was hot in September and I was out there morning and night and part of the midday. Oh yeah. <laughs> and there was one day where I had some errands to do. Um, so I had to run back to town, get some stuff done. It's not like I was missing out. We're like, we're talking like four hours out of the day. I didn't hunt. And on either side of the days I was, shit you not, he was in my camera up in a bedding area that I'd found. And he came through there the one day that I wasn't sitting there. <laughs> 
That's how it works, like, man. And, and the like, thing is, though, it's funny because I've had this, you know, I've had that before too, where you're like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go, especially like with whitetails. Okay. I'm going to go, you know, I, you have a couple stands set up, you know, a couple places where you have cameras and where you're going to sit. And like, you're like, you got to pick which one, right? And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to pick this one today. And sure enough, yeah, they go to the other one. But the funny yeah. thing is, it might be the reason, and like for some reason, say you're patterning it, saying, okay, look at he's been coming on the trail camera, he's been coming here every morning, and the one morning you're there, he's not there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's good deer or that deer on another one if it's close by, and you're like, what the fuck? But I think it's always me because yeah. I'm just a little too loud. Little they just do that movement and they don't blow or lift their tail. They're just like, oh shit, there's something there. And they just yeah. kind of turn around and get out of there. Or the wind. Like, yeah, the wind. And like I've sat in blinds, I've sat in trees, a branch sat. It like you like they just know you're there. Like yeah. you might think you're being quiet, but you're not. And like they know you're there. Like I've had deer, I've had deer walking in front of me. And like you know, you're sitting there, you're hungry. I've had my stomach make a noise, and they stop right away and they look at you. Yeah. And you're they're they're like you're busted, buddy. And like blow yeah. it and take off. Oh, I hear you. So yeah, I. I mean, we don't have giant deer around here. We used to have some really, really nice stuff. Well, if you it had it, it's like, still going to be there. Yeah, I just think there's just less of them. So, so yeah, there's yeah, there's just less of them, and it's bittersweet to work too, harder because yeah. it's like. If I get them, great. If somebody else gets them, you know what? Hats off. You just don't, I mean, those whitetail, I think they're the hardest animal to hunt myself. So if somebody else gets them, I'm disappointed because it may be something I've been targeting and working and working, but you know, I'll give a person a thumbs up for that kind of thing. And then at the same time, it's like, well, I hope nobody gets them this year. He breeds more, spreads those genetics. And now there's that many more does out there and bucks out there with those same genetics. So as long as, you know, while they're growing, they don't get hit on the roads or shot or, you know, predators get them, you know, those genetics are going to stay out there and you got potential for some beautiful mature animals later on. Yeah. See, I think, well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say, I think whitetail are the easiest to hunt. Do you? I do. Just because they just, they do the same fucking thing over and over and over. And if they're in one area, they just never leave it. And the thing is, say they, like we talked about before, if they're in this one area of whitetail country, you just, they're and they're not, it's all of a sudden they're gone. You just got to find the next one. Yeah. They'll be either in there or there'll be one close by. They always guess, like these same areas. They always seem to inhabit the same, like the same trees. Yeah. Same, you know, not. You crazy. can pattern them. Yeah. You can pattern them. And they're always going to be, if they had food, if they have food or water, they're going to hit those every day. Yeah. I every guess day. I find they're, they're probably the most skittish. Yeah. Okay. But that, I, uh, that's what I was saying, but the big ones are big for a reason. Yes. Yeah, they're smart. They're, well, they're just, they're really skittish and it doesn't take a lot for them to be like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah. Unless they're in the rut. Yes. Then they're then, dumber than a sack of hammers. Then they're just a great, yeah. Especially like right before the rut, then they're aggressive. Yeah. And then like you can rattle and then like all of a sudden deer come running in. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever rattled in a mule deer? Uh, No. I've always been curious how that works. We haven't we, had enough around last for me to year, try. Last year, and I think I told this story about Kazi. Yeah, I did. I told it with when Brennan was on um, a while ago. Um, I was raking brush and we called one in, but he wasn't ready. Gotcha. He was looking at me instead of where I told him to look. And the deer came in. That's right. I remember that story. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've like often that. wondered that because what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like even yeah. with elk. Well, we were tracking them. We were in the, we we're at the bridge of, we were just at the snow line 
And he was coming down and going up, coming down, look, probably looking for does or, uh, and we, we found a fresh rub and then we tracked mm. him and then we got close and close and close and the tracks were getting really fresh. And I said, okay, um, just, you know, I started rubbing and yeah, he's, he bumped it. He walked right into it. And then I called, tried to call, I called him back and then he couldn't see him, but I could see him. Yeah. It's fucking amateur hour. I've often wondered if you could do that some light sparring or something for elk you know depending on the situation like early season if you could be like oh what's that going on over there not to call them in like a deer but more of a curiosity thing they like i find the hardest thing about elk is finding the elk. really like finding is like finding an, a six point that you want yeah for see sure. for me finding the elk isn't the problem it's finding a six point period yeah okay like i lot yeah i mean you guys have more elk well, I don't know. I don't know who has more elk, but anyway, it's not a lot of elk, but the hardest thing about elk hunting is finding the elk. Mm -hmm. And like finding, when I say finding the elk, I mean, finding a legal bull yeah. shoot. And if you're not picky, obviously it's easier. And, but like you guys have that any bull season. In archery season. Yeah. And I'll be the first, I'll tell you right now, especially since I've been so close with archery, but I have yet to kill an animal with my bow. I'll shoot a spike. I don't care. Yeah. Elk's an elk to me. Um, I had a beautiful four by four elk this year. Things just went sideways. Just one of those things with bow hunting you know if it was legal with a rifle it would have been dead a thousand times over but it's bow hunting and you know one little screw up from me amateur hour and uh hunt is blown but first day first hour it's like oh, i got lots of time was in elk damn near every day but it just didn't work out weather people whatever yeah. there's always yeah. something small but i was always hunting, hunting in general yeah, yeah but every day something. i was i was in on them almost every day just and then once archery season ended it wasn't a matter of finding the elk anymore it was finding a six point vehicle oh that's nice there's 150 elk out there there's not a single six point mixed yeah. in there so now you got to go somewhere else doesn't matter how many elk are there yeah but every yeah, once like, in a while you do have to check in case one has migrated into the area and like, oh, and oh. they will they're always yeah. going to be i've always found like if there's you know if there is cows there there's going to be a bull there eventually yeah and like he that bull you know it's weird well like in that area where I was, I was like, there was a five point bull. He was the herd bull for years and like other bulls would come in and like he, he's just stayed top dog. He was a big five, huge. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was gone. Hmm. So yeah, one and, of my and buddies... like, it wasn't, it wasn't like he just sprouted two, two more tines. He was literally gone. Cause he had definitive brow tines. Oh, okay. like his, his eye guards were definitive. You could tell they came way down. They went way out and they were the same every year. And gotcha. then there was a six point in there after that. And then there was also another bull in there after that, but the big okay. one didn't stick around either, but there's a lot of people around that area. So I think maybe they spooked him out and like not hunting people, just people in general. Yeah. Yeah. They like definitely through, don't like people at all. Yeah, like these, this group of elk, they kind of like border the, these uh, trails and stuff. And there's a lot of people in there with walking and a lot of dogs and like there's a campsite down below. So, oh, yeah. I think the big bull, he just didn't, you know, that big one that I seen that one time in the summer, I think he just didn't like, he took off. One of my buddies last year, he was up way in the back and found a herd of elk and he saw this one elk and it just stood out. It was, it was, it was the big dog of the, of the herd, but it was only a five. And he said it must've been close to a 300 class bull. He said it was one of the widest bulls he's ever seen. A five point? Yeah. And he yeah, said the that's times exactly were ridiculously yeah. long. He said it was just massive. He's like, I don't get how it doesn't have a sixth point. Yeah, like it doesn't that, make sense. That's what I was saying with that other one. He was 
yeah. fucking huge. Yeah. And like he just never and like in in region eight here, we don't have an any bowl season because if we did, he would have been toast. Yeah. That would have been your new target bull right there in archery. Yeah, he would have he was huge, dude. Massive. Like pop beer can tines that's awesome yeah i love huge. seeing those animals irregardless nice when you can chase them but awesome yeah. when you see something that big yeah and that was like that was what got me last year as i seen that real big like probably a 380 bull two days before it opened that's why i passed on that at smaller yeah. eagle bull and he was i thought for sure that that bigger bull was gonna stick around that area and it was weird because this area that that he was in there was no pressure from anybody he's way in the back and like he mm. just didn't like it though just something something came up yeah, something came up, or maybe the other one, that smaller one, was just way more aggressive. Oh, that's possible, yeah. Maybe he was just, yeah, who knows? Maybe they went at it, and the other guy was tougher. Who knows? Gotta watch out for them little guys. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. We'll see. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping on getting out and catching some some bulls on my cameras right now. I got a few out, but I got a few more to go back out. I pulled them in in the springtime, give them a break, because I usually have them out 24-7. Oh yeah. 365. But I've just been so busy on weekends. I haven't gone out to pull cards and I got a new area I'm trying to learn. And uh it's, it's an interesting place. It's more for the later season. It's not for early season. And it's just trying to learn it. Some of the whitetail stuff in there. There's some elk in there. The muleys cruise the edge of it, it seems, but don't really go through it too deep. So it's kind of I gotta spend some time in there in some of the thick areas, like some thicker, like thick, thick, thick area where it's like a 10 yard shot. And then there's wide open area all mixed in. So I'm going to try to focus on that a little bit throughout the summer. Cause I haven't had cameras in there in the summertime before. Yeah. And What's your goal? Can... Like what, what do you, th- what are you going to, besides LEH, like if we get an LEH, obviously it all depends on that, but what is like right now or just like the GOS, what's like your target for this year? What are you hoping for? I want my first archery bull elk. That is my... And that's it? Just one? And a whitetail? Whitetail and the mule deer. I'm going to try everything with a bow this year. You're going to go? You're going to commit? Like, leave your rifle at home? To Well, we're going to have to see. When it comes to mule deer, I'm going all in on mule deer with a bow for sure. You're fucking nuts, dude. It's harder to get a fucking muley with a, with a bow than it is dude those things i don't know they look at me and they just stand there i don't know if they want a conversation well, they just it, okay okay but it all depends like if you you want to like a four by four well we'll see i'm not gonna be... stick around well what's the season what's the mule deer season there is it four points always do you guys have a Except any buck season in september but then like in both season it's any buck but then i'm focused on on bull elk i could I'll tell you right now, I could give two shits about a mule deer when I'm going after elk. Like they're just dude. If I had to choose, if I if I had to choose between a elk or a mule deer, I'm gonna go mule deer every fucking day. I'll chase mule deer even over an elk. Yeah, not me. If I could only hunt one animal on this earth for the rest of my life, it would be mule deer. But like I would that. take, I would take, I would easily take a good size, like like a good size typical, like. Some of the ones that Mark had, yeah, I'd take those over a 350, 360, 380 bull any day. Those are those are like 180, 190 class typical deer. Yeah, those were beautiful, huge, beautiful. The guy, the people listening couldn't see them, but they were massive, like big, like we're talking 30 inch spreads on them. Yeah, they were they were awesome. Yeah, and see, for me, I've been so close every single year except one. There was one year I didn't have a single opportunity, just the way it was, one of those crap years. But even from the day my very first archery hunt, not knowing a damn thing, shit house luck. I had a bull elk at 20 yards. It was just through the alders. <laughs> you know, I could have shot him a hundred times over with a gun, but there's no way you're feeding an arrow through there. Like it was too tight, but you know, in oh, person, yeah. you can see it clear as day, raking, screaming. That's where I got addicted. My do very pack, first day. Do you practice arrow flight? Yes. And that's where we do our 3D courses because throughout our year, not just in our 3D shoot, we have two courses always set up once the weather's good enough. 
we have our warm up one and we have the extreme one. And those extreme ones are, that's the best course to go on to when it comes to your real life, uh, having to shoot over that branch and let it drop in, having to shoot, you know, through that four inch gap through the trees to do that 47 yard shot, you know, those oddball numbers and yeah. stuff. So that's where I do a lot of that practicing and the shooting up on steep angles, shooting down steep angles, changes everything yeah mostly for your yardage though i mean if you have a good range finder you should be solid yeah i mean obviously well i mean i don't know like i probably i don't know like i can lay i could sit on my ass and shoot just as good as i can stand on my feet i've practiced it a million times to sitting on my ass shooting my bow and i will be one knee and once my bow is tuned up this weekend i plan on that i plan on shooting from every practicing from every situation because i'm getting sick and tired of getting my ass beat by these elk yeah and you know you know i'm so close so many years like this year it was my own fuck up and i have it's it's on me forgetting to take my quiver off my bow and my knocks hit my tree stand (laughs) that's what cost me that elk but that is yeah that is a less that's a good hunt lesson though that's the thing we know we were talking about before if you don't have those hard lessons learned they're not valuable because you can you can listen to as many guys talk about that happening and not make sure you take it off right make sure you do this do that until it actually happens to you and you do it for yourself like you experience it firsthand and you fuck up it doesn't have any validity like it does it's not it's not as heavy as it is when you do it when you're there in person and it happens to you and you're just like you're like your heart sinks and it's like such yeah. a shitty feeling you're like fuck i fucked that yeah up like the so, only thing worse than that is a shitty shot on an animal and you can't find it that is the only thing that trumps that haven't had that happen yet i know every bow hunter will go through it yeah you just try to you try to minimize those by being I that guess, is probably being too, patient yeah. and being prepared as to you know you got to tell yourself no matter how big or small that animal is or how excited you are are you 110 percent sure in your mind that you're going to kill that animal shit happens even if you're 110 yeah. but as and, long in my but, mind is when you pull back on that and you're about to release that arrow in your mind everything is good what happens after that happens like hit a branch pull your shot well shitty yeah but those all come down to the process too now like i hit a branch last year even on a bear shooting at a bear was it last year or the year before i can't remember but anyway I, I had a good bear and i shot at it and there was no like you know when you hit something with your bow it makes a sound that sound wasn't there oh. and then i my eyes came in focus and i could see a little twig up above me gotcha dangling and i and i practice i practice aeropath all the time and i just i just miss i i and i the funny thing is i remember see, seeing it being like i got enough room yeah and it was just a bad judgment call and luckily like that bear i guarantee it still lived like i must i think i just clipped it with the broadhead because there was a little tiny bit of blood but there was no blood on the veins of the arrow gotcha so yeah i think the broadhead just clipped it and then it kind of bounced up and-, and you know yeah it comes down to the like september 9th so after i have my royal fuck up i have a couple more plays throughout the next few days i'm in elk whether wind blows whatever every day i've got opportunities for something nothing transpires whether it ends up just being cows in the area there's no bull with them yet or you know what i mean like just yeah. different things september 9th last day archery and i get on a bull in this small area what's the score I can see your face. 4-1, Calgary. Nice. So I hear a bugle and I'm like, ah, that might be a hunter. I don't know, but it sounded pretty real. And I was like, I'm going to make a play and go. 
I got nothing to lose. It's the last day. You know, there's nothing happening yeah. right where I am. As a okay, he's over here. I'm going to go up this way. I'm going to play the wind and I'm going to try to cut them off over here if it's real. And I get up there. Sure shit, dude. I rounded this corner. I got up to where I wanted to go. I rounded this corner and I got busted. I'm 15 yards away from a cow elk. I just came over this ridge. And I'm eye to eye with her, but she doesn't quite see me. She just sees movement is what I'm assuming. Yeah. Cause she spun really quick. No, sorry. It was the bull I saw the bull I saw and I saw antlers. I was like, holy shit. I knew it wasn't a six, but I knew it was a nice five Yeah. and it spun quickly. And I just kind of took two steps back. Cause that's all I needed to get covered again. Cause I figured off oh, I stand there, I'm busted. I'm done. And so I let out a couple cow chirps and then I just went hard at him with a bugle because I already had him bugling a couple times and I just wanted to see where he was at. I didn't know if he had a hot cow or anything like that. I was like, well, we're just going to find out because I'm like, if he hasn't totally booked it on me, we're within 20 yards of each other. He's got to react. Sure shit. He came right over top of me and I came right over top of him again. And I started sneaking up again. And I was like, okay, if I can get to this one spot, I know there's a a shot path through here. It's my only chance. Otherwise it's too thick or I'm going to run out of room. Cause I knew there was some private property coming up. And I was like, yeah. this, this is the only, this is, it's the last day. This is my last play. And he's not legal the next day. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I've only got this time. Right. So I started playing the big bull and I just, I came up a little slower and a little more hidden and I could see that cow trying to get to me. And I was like, that is a hot cow because he's going crazy. She's literally trying to walk toward me. And that bull keeps cutting her off and keeping her to the one side. So I was like, okay, well, this, so I tried playing it. I tried getting that cow to come to me and going in, like I was kicking the shit out of branches, the whole nine yards. And this thing is drooling, spitting, but I can't move too far from where I am. Other, otherwise I'm too exposed. And I know if I go, you know, 10 yards over here, one, I can be seen Two, I still know I don't have a shot. I need to make it to a certain point on this path to where I know I can shoot. Right. And you know, we're talking 20 seconds, but 20 seconds is a lifetime when you're that close and you got yep. that interaction because they want, they're on a timeline. They're like, you should be showing your face by now. It's not like they're going to sit there screaming at you for an hour. Yeah. So I could see some movement and I saw the cow kind of spin around and she started going the opposite way. So I had to step out there because she's heading in the direction of the private property, not mm -hmm. the direction that I need her to go. And I know there's a herd of probably 15 or 20 elk total. I know there's some small ones in the area. I've seen them on camera. Yeah. So I know there's some spikes. I know that four by four that I missed is in the area. I don't know that he's with these guys, but I know he's in this area. And uh, I got close to them. The bull ended up following. He wanted to come after me, but he followed that cow that turned. Yeah. And she didn't like book it and run. She just went the wrong way. So he followed her and I pressed and pressed. And then basically I had to stop at a certain point because if I did shoot, it was going to end up on private property and didn't want to deal with that. So I tried pulling them in and then it's like, oh, there was two other spikes in there and yep. they were very curious. And this thing is howling, but it's walked off. Yeah. At this point, when I see the other bulls, I was like, oh shit, nothing I can do. It's on the other property and it's walking the other way. If that yeah. wasn't private property, in my mind, that was a dead bull because I could have worked around it. I could have found a different play, but I was stuck where I was. I didn't, I didn't have options. Mm -hmm. And I actually almost got those other two spikes to come up. I had them turned. I had them come and I needed them to come about maybe 10 more yards. They were just in behind a bush. I could see their heads. I could see yeah. their asses, but their vitals were covered by a couple bushes. It's like, it just like literally need you to come this way. And two of them, they had a bush in front of each one of them. Oh. And I was like, I don't even care which one of you guys comes, but, I, but my wife wants elk meat now. I'm not allowed to come back to the house until I've got an elk in the back. <laughs> And Fuck. that was my last day of archery, but I'll tell you, I'll never forget that. Did you like, did you think any about just like pin and hips? No, I didn't think of that. 
I just figured that these elk were I've, so close. I've done that. I've done that before. Really? I pin yeah, pin both hips, knock them down. Okay. They can't move, and then go up, finish it. And yeah. This no, I've never thought about that to be honest. And my biggest concern here was I knew there's new property owners in the area. Haven't had a chance to approach them. Yeah. And. You know, if we would have been a hundred yards farther into where I was, I would have got one of those elk. I'll guarantee you, I would have had time for it. Even one of those small ones, I just didn't have a play. They were too close to where I couldn't get them. And it's kind of one of those longevity things. This year, I'll go approach those property owners. Yeah. And I know there's more crown land on the other side. So even if I can't hunt, hunt that property, maybe yeah. if I'm lucky, you'll be like, do you mind if I just skirt the edge of your property just to get to the crown? Yeah. Nothing to do with your property. If you're against it, that's totally cool with me. Yeah, Here, right. I can give you all yeah. these numbers. These guys will vet me and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I just, I need, I'd like to get up into that stuff up there. Yeah. That's a big one. I'd like to, not I need to. No, you don't need to do shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like what? I say, every yeah. year it just gets closer and closer and closer. And it's going to happen one of these years. Oh, yeah. Dude, it all comes down to it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just one day the stars will align and it'll just bang. But yeah, I've pinned like deer. I've pinned, pinned both hips and then finished it. They don't go they don't move they don't go anywhere that's crazy if you, if you pin their hips yeah just stay right there i got something to do yeah well, well they here's... drop like drop they just yeah. only have the front and they just can't go and i've done it two front shoulders but only front shoulders with a gun never an arrow yeah but same process right yeah just pin their shoulders yeah that's crazy and pinning the front shoulders they can't go anywhere the the hips they can still like kind of like scurry around the ground but they don't move they don't move at all hmm. They just sit on the ground. You have to go up and, and uh, finish them. But yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. I've done it to an elk too with a gun, but on the hips, in its hips, and then came down around and it was still alive. And then I put a bowl in its chest. Crazy. Yeah. What's your goal this year? Your big one, your number one. Oh, velvet muley. And, and I don't know, like if like, that's so freaking fucked up with the LEHs and stuff. Yeah, because I was planning on well, going and we up already north, have like new I rigs. told you. So. Yeah, and like we don't even know about moose. So like obviously if I get a moose draw, moose will be moose, but that's going to be yeah. bow. Like what I'd love to get is a velvet mule deer buck. I feel like whitetail is like a given because like I get one every year. Yeah. And it's like just I don't like I love hunting whitetails when white when whitetail season starts. I love hunting. I love yeah. it. I get pumped up for it. I don't get pumped up, pumped up for it until it starts. And that usually drags on even after it's over. I'm still good for like another couple of weeks. Yeah. But then I start rolling into like cat hunting. Yeah. And yeah, then I get in pumped up for killing bobcats and lynx. And see, I haven't done much. Like I haven't done any of that cat hunting at all. So it's usually by, once my whitetail's done, it's uh, if it's late season whitetail, then it's like, so I guess I'm waiting for the ice to freeze and we're going ice fishing now. Yeah. Did I send I you just, a picture of that bobcat I got this year? I can't remember. I don't know. You might did, have. But it's nice. Yeah. Really nice color on it. That's cool. Yeah. I had one. I had a nice in my one freezer in. right now. It's jammed in there. It's in the stand up freezer, not like I have my own deep freeze, the chest yeah. type. And it's in the stand up one because the chest freezer is full. So every time she opens it up, there's a fucking dead cat sitting in the bottom. You have <laughs> and a my very mom, patient wife. <laughs> my mom, it was funny. My mom was here, oh man, a couple of weeks ago. And she's like, oh, can I put these in your in your freezer? I'm like, yeah, the one in the garage, the stand up one, not the, not the, she's like, yeah, I know. She opens up the freezer she's like ah there's a dead cat in there <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's pretty funny yeah so. no the the one new area that i was hunting that i'm gonna explore some more this year uh snowshoot in there a couple times this winter and uh, there was a nice bobcat on one of my cameras and there's tracks everywhere and it was i haven't really run into that before i haven't found into an area that was like these are bob like there's tons of them maybe the same one roaming around or a couple of them i don't know but i hadn't found an area like that before but i was like this is pretty cool so i don't know yeah. maybe yeah. i'll try this winter We'll see. Yeah. 
bobcat lynx they're just fun mm-hmm. fun to hunt um i see a nice well, we'll when it comes to the cold though so cold i can say i'm gonna cut i'm gonna hunt in the winter all the time and it's like yeah no, where's my you gotta fire? just you gotta get out and just be like once you're out just get fuck it out. i'm already cold if, if you have a sled it helps immensely too I don't. It's like you could just rip trails and look for tracks fresh tracks once you cut a track, you can make a play. But if you don't have a sled, it fucking sucks. I wouldn't yeah. even do it if I didn't have a sled. I don't. Yeah, see, I just rip I down roads and then I'll find if I cut a fresh track, I'll look see like how fresh it is i've made track it for a bit and if it's good if it's an area where i can maybe get to do some calling if not then i'll go back on my sled and find another one dude i found a i came across a bobcat track this year that was the size it was or not a bobcat a cougar track that was the size of a dinner plate that's crazy it was massive it was in there the night before that night that i was in there the night i was in there during the day it was in there the night before i tracked it but it was i tracked for a bit i was like oh this thing's way too far ahead of me and it's not like it stopped went up a tree or it was going somewhere because it was just like a straight like a lot of times the tracks will like they'll go and then they'll like do like a little zigzag or they'll double back like it's just cruising around right it's just sniffing around and like just doing whatever but this one was like like straight it had a mission not running but walking but just in a straight line and i followed it and i was like okay well this thing's going somewhere because and cool. it's way ahead of me yeah but i seen it cool i was ripping around came around uh i was on this old railway rail uh railway road like you know the Kettle yeah, Valley. The rail beds, yeah. Yeah, I was on the, uh, on that. I come around like bobcats and lynx, they like, so if you get to an area where it's like, if it's cliffed on both sides, yeah. you know how they, you know how they carved out the rocks yeah. for the train to go through? Those are great for bobcats and lynx. Awesome. Really? Yeah. The inside those rocks like those rocks always they overhang a bit and in the bottom of those the hares love it in there the rabbits love it inside those really so the bobcats sit up on these up on these rocks and they wait for the rabbits to come out and they pounce on them that's cool yeah so that's a good spot to look anyway i was coming around this corner and I was coming right through one of those and a nice big lynx standing right in the middle of the road looking at me. And I was like, just sit right there. <laughs> you know, turn around, get my backpack off. And it's like, nope, be gone. Jeez, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think? Do you guys have a cow out draw out there? LEH? We, well, we're going to have to see the new stuff. We did for Typically. a little bit and we were furious about it because we were just like, our elk numbers are so down. Why are we hunting our cows? Like if we want to get our numbers back, that's the last thing you want to hunt is our breeding stock so there was a few it wasn't much you know like three here five there you know up and down the valley depending on what mu you were but i didn't actually look last year to see what was there i don't i think they took them out here but i think a little farther south there's still a few available there's some in in region eight okay yeah yeah and i from my understanding is that the it's from agriculture farming yeah Yeah, they were getting pissed off with the elk and that's why they did a big cull a while back down by Cranbrook area. They eliminated a lot. Well, yeah. And I get it to a point because there's a ridiculous amount of, that's where they wintered was all where all those ranches are and they do a lot of damage. So I get it. But I think they took so many out that a lot were the matriarch cows. Right. And then hunters over the next couple of years were just like, well, the elk aren't up in these basins or valleys or whatever that they were always, they've been in for forever. And it's, I think it's because all the young elk, they didn't know, they didn't know they were supposed to go up in there. Yeah, right. Like they didn't have those lead cows bringing them big. This is where we go this time of the year. And this is where we go the other times. And they were lost. Yeah. I guess we'll wrap her up. Go watch, we'll watch the, the hockey game. Yeah, a couple minutes left. Looks like they're catching up. Six four there. Did you see the score on my phone when I showed yeah, it to you? I, I just seen it. I was looking. <laughs> I have a, I have a little thing comes up on my phone. It's on silent. Oh, okay. Keeps catching my fucking. I bet you McDavid's late. <laughs> okay, dude. Right, talk then. to you later. You betcha. Have a good one.
again, everyone, for tuning in to the Focus Hunting Podcast. It's coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Quick shout-out to the sponsors of the show, Vortex Optics, the best in optics, period. Backroads Maps Books, never get lost with Backroads Maps. AKU Boots, yo to your feet. Scree Hunting Gear. Now, if you guys check the show notes, you're going to find some promo codes. Use them, save a bit. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv brave anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv